pleasure to bring this guy on. First timer on the fifth quarter. He's been around for four years. He was a former third round pick out of the University of Cincinnati. He's been kind of the Swiss Army knife with this offense, and I think one of the most important aspects of his value this year is he's the old man in the tight end room and dealing with three first-year guys as part of this offense but I think that's the reason he knows this offense inside and out is big part of it got a lot of touches his rookie year and he's still running around making things happen and it's a pleasure to have him on board tonight please welcome Josiah DeGuara to Narrow Bridge in the fifth quarter hello Josiah appreciate you for having me thanks man. for coming out man appreciate it all right How'd Peterson get by? Let's get rid of this right away, and then we'll be done with it. Yeah, man, uh, totally on me. It was a good rush by him and, and didn't do enough to obviously get him, get him out the way like I, like I should. So 100% on me. Take the responsibility as part, part of the game, and, you know, I got to do better. That's it. I mean, you're not alone. There were a whole bunch of guys that have to do what you guys, unfortunately, have been done too much this season. Kind of look in the mirror. Let's fix it. Let's get back at it. And see if it doesn't get better but it's tough when it's not getting better completely yeah i mean obviously a tough loss again another one that we feel like we should have had um but that's just a that's the that's the thing with this season so far i mean we, a lot of the guys on the team last year we were in a similar situation so True. Um, we got our back up, backs up against the wall again uh, we're not going to back down we're going to fight week in week out continue to get better you know we know we're improving we know we're playing more complimentary football uh, we just got to put four quarters together on all three phases um, to be able to come out so, you know on top how do you feel kind of Josiah that the offense is just starting to get bubbling now you know what I mean at 390 again second week in a row early points are finally coming a little more explosion uh, you're throwing us some nuggets here over the last couple of weeks uh, just talk about your view of how this offense is showing progress yeah i mean everyone's really progressing obviously uh went through that went through that stretch where we're really struggling um but we know the people we have in that room we stuck together uh we we continue to work week in week out um came together every single day and uh we have no excuses man we at the end of the day we're the people that got to go out on the field and and put the put the performance out there that it takes to win um, we haven't done that well enough this season so we just got to continue to approve and uh, do enough to win from here on out Coach LaFleur said after the game, no moral victories, obviously. can be frustrating with these close games, these losses when you're right there. You've got that shot at the end to win. No moral victories, but can you take a little bit of encouragement that at least you're in so many of these games and you're just that close if you just clean up a few things? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the NFL, you know what I'm saying? So every every game in the NFL besides a few, you know, a couple games a week are decided by, I mean, you saw it yesterday what, with how many games. Yeah, yesterday. with how many game-winning kicks there is every single week, you know what I'm saying? So to be honest, to me, there's no more victories at all. Obviously, he said there's no more victories. Um, of course, we take what we did well, and, and you know, we're happy about that. Um, but every area of the game, we got to improve. Um, we take every loss as a lesson, you know. We got to look at the film, watch the tape, and obviously we know we're in these closed games, so it's literally a play here, a play there that you know will help us get over the top. We just got to make those plays. And you were right; there were a lot of close games yesterday. The Browns, the Texans, the Cardinals, Seahawks, oh. Lions—all last-second field goals. Oh, there were that many. Yeah, I... as deciding games. I mean, you're right; it's the NFL. Sometimes it just comes down to that one one play you need. You're getting a lot of practice on shots of the end zone <laughs> late in games, and it just 
hasn't connected. That's another frustrating part. And two of them yesterday, uh, a couple of opportunities. But again, especially on the last possession, to get into position, uh, you know, what was it, 59 seconds left? Yeah, obviously. Back yeah. 19. Yeah, we put ourselves in a tough situation. Again, going back to the extra point, I, I put uh, a lot of that on me. Because um, you know, if we're in that, if we're in that position, we're able to kick a field goal. So right. uh, obviously, that's that's tough on me. But um, I got to learn from it and improve. That. I, yeah, I understand. Turned into some. Yeah, it forced you to go into the end zone, obviously, at the end. But also, if the refs make the right call, you probably get points too. Just saying. <laughs> oh well. Really it's it's not always the players who make mistakes. No, I understand. Yeah. But again, everyone is human, and they make mistakes. Um, I didn't want to miss Patrick Peterson. Jordan did not want to throw to Casey at the goal line. Yeah. Did you see how they aligned on that? Five guys straddling the goal line, one right. on the two, one on the four. Four more coming. Uh, and a snap decision he had to make at three seconds left. That was a tough one there. Same with the first interception. You know, a little more on it perhaps. Matt talked about it today. Yeah, maybe a crisper, more decisive out look before the up route on the out and up more combative at the ball but then again that's not where that play is designed to go the read really was for the backside, and jordan kind of locked in on, on christian so there's blame all the way around on so many levels about how these things and, don't and work peterson makes a great play and the tip to the other db who's tiptoes and stays in and yeah it's bang bang play for sure Josiah, so, you know, you went from uh, a room with Mercedes, uh, you know, Bobby Tunyon and uh, and the rest of that crew to you're practically changing diapers in there now. I mean, three rookies. You haven't actually done that, have you? You haven't needed to? No, I haven't. Okay. I haven't had to do that specific, no, all right. that specific <laughs> thing yet. But you get the analogy. Uh, what's it been like kind of carrying, pulling Luke, Tucker, Ben along? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it it hasn't been too too tough for me. They're they're three great guys, um, three great three great kids, as a lot of people call them. Um, but they're really like three four years younger than me, so it's not that much of a difference. I know, but I understand. No, hundred percent. It's completely different. You know, I, me walking into the league, I had Mercedes Lewis. He was like fourteen years. Bobby was at five years at the time or four years at the time. So completely different, obviously. Um, but you know, I've kind of tried to step into that leadership role. Uh, but they've done a great job, man. They come to work every day. Obviously, it helps. Like, for me, I was the only rookie for almost, like, a rookie didn't come into our room until this year. You know right. what I'm saying? So to have three. Since you got here. In, yeah, since I got yeah. here. So to have three in one year, they're able to lean on each other. They're able to do things together that, um, whether it's put in extra work, study extra film, stuff like that. So they do a great job putting in the work. And obviously, you see both Luke and Tuck putting great things on the field and Ben as well. Um, so they, they've done a great job of improving week by week, and ever since camp, it's it's light years different. Tucker got his first one yesterday, right, his first catch. Ben made a play early as soon mm -hmm. as he got here, and Luke's finding seams. He's finding seams. A couple of them. What was it like coming in, as you mentioned, with Mercedes Lewis, a guy that had been in the league 14 years kind of the old wise man the old big dog we've we've had him on this yeah, show many times show. one of our all-time great guests what was it like to have him sort of as your your mentor in there yeah i mean he's an incredible human being yeah. obviously you know one of the best tight ends uh to ever do it in my opinion um, the way he's done it and the way he's done it at such a high level for so long is is so impressive and for me to come in and be able to learn from him and bobby and those guys so 
um, it was incredible. And I just try to take any little tidbits that they, they taught me for, you know, my first two, three years um, and take it with me and, you know, try to pass it along to the young guys in the room now. Um, but he's obviously uh, an amazing dude, and and uh, I know he's you know going to want to he's going to go down as one of the all time greats for sure. So you get peppered with questions every day by those guys, or it's just part of the daily. I've answered a few questions about him. Yeah, I can imagine, but, and, and we hear it all the time from Stedham, John, uh, uh, yeah, and Matt that the position of tight end is very complex, detailed. You've got to know the run game. You got to know the protection game. You got to know the passing game. Everything involved with it, an awful lot to absorb uh, for these guys. Just how complex is your mental responsibility to the whole thing and uh, and everything else that goes with it? Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Obviously, coming in from, from college, it's a lot different, you know, um, especially someone like Tuck who played, you know, I think he played nine-man football in high school, and then he went <laughs> to South Dakota State um, and played. He, he says it was another simple offense, so it was huge for him as well as any rookie. You know, right. it's tough, but, yeah, we got to know pass, run, protection. We got to do a little bit of everything, so it makes it that much harder, and that just shows, you know, how much they've worked and how much work they put in to be able to, be where they're at now and being able to produce for our team. And, and we lean on those guys every single week in the offense, special teams, so they've done a great job. Yeah. What, what were the biggest challenges for you at that position, making that transition from Cincinnati to Green Bay? Uh, for me, it was just learning the true fullback role, cause, uh, which I've kind of transitioned into now is a, is a lot more fullback stuff. Um, because in college, I kind of played a little more hybrid, tight end, a little bit, uh, stuff like that. So. For me, it was the backfield stuff, kind of reading um, different blocks like a running back, which I've never really done. Um, but I, I've I've loved to um, I've learned to love the position. Um, I love everything I do on the field, and that was probably the toughest point from going from college to NFL for me. Yeah, you kind of morphed into uh, I don't know the maybe the next generation H back type of possibility for what Matt Lafleur wants to get done. So, yeah. You went to Cincinnati. How did you end up there? What What was the decision process in high school? The recruiting process. How did you decide on on being a Bearcat? Yeah, so I'm actually from Sacramento, California, mm-hmm. Northern California, um, about 30 minutes outside Sacramento. And I didn't have any offers coming out of high school, to be honest. I had one offer to UC Davis, which is an FCS school, about 30 minutes from where I grew up. And then, uh, luckily, had a family friend who was looking out for me. Reached out to Cincinnati, uh, a friend that he knew was on the coaching staff. About two weeks, week and a half before signing day, they needed a tight end. Uh, so I flew all the way to southwest Ohio. I had no idea where that was at the time, <laughs> growing up in Northern California. Um, but now, you know, being in Ohio for, for four or five years and now being in Green Bay for four years, I'm, I'm pretty much a Midwesterner, even though Ohio is about as least Midwest as you get. But now being <laughs> in Green Bay is true Midwest. But, uh, but, yeah, I love my time in Cincinnati and obviously super grateful that God placed me there. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and there's a bit of a connection to Cincinnati uh, down Madison Way. I want to get his thoughts on, too. Uh, Josiah DeGuara, our guest tonight. We are live from Narrowbridge. We are brought to you by our friends from Robinson's Heating and Cooling, one of the greatest sports show sponsors in the history of radio. Ray Farmer and American Metal Roost back with us again this season. Got a lot more to get to. Hot and cold play coming around the corner. More with Josiah when the fifth quarter returns to the bridge right after this. We now return to the fifth quarter. Live from Narrow Bridge, here are Mark Daniels and Matt Z. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. Packers coming off another toughie in Pittsburgh. The L.A. Chargers coming in. Uh, in fact, the next two opponents played last night. Wild one. Uh, Detroit walking off L.A. at SoFi, 41-38. Line 7-2. Chargers 4-5. and five. Uh, they're going to be probably a little angry bunch coming to uh, Lambeau as if these guys aren't going to be riled up enough themselves. couple of notes today. Packers have waved Innis Gaines. Stomp the safety. Uh, let go after just finally getting onto the 53. They've signed defensive back Caillou Blue Kelly off waivers from Seattle. Uh, and in case you hadn't heard, the uh, Green Bay Packers Hall of Fame announced its class of 2024. Clay Matthews Aaron Campman going into the Packer Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. Next August there will be the ceremony at the atrium. Yeah. Their careers kind of dovetailed. Campman was uh, drafted out of Iowa 2002. Was on the Sherman's teams. Really their best defensive player, I think, on most mm-hmm. of those teams. Played through 2009. Left as a free agent the year the Packers go to the Super Bowl. Went to Jacksonville. But still, 54 sacks, fifth all-time. And then the claymaker, of course, uh, nifty little trade by uh, Ted Thompson. And to get back into the first round and take this guy after B.J. Raji, all he did through uh, his nine seasons, ten seasons, 83 and a half sacks, most all-time uh, Super Bowl title in yeah. 2010. Uh, pretty good player. Yeah, Clay Matthews was a beast. Yeah. 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 Um, so, anyway, that's good. Congrats. Clay Matthews, Aaron Campman, the latest Packer Hall of Famers. Josiah DeGuar, our guest tonight. Uh, we're just talking about his Cincinnati days. Luke Fickle, your coach with the Bearcats, now with Madison. I wish it was happier times, but... Who had a good weekend? Badgers? Bucks? Brewers? Nobody had a good weekend. Uh, but anyway, we talked about this, uh, and I know it's 5-5. Five and five. They've been a little bumpy, had some injuries. We all know that. But you are a big fan of Luke. You got there. Uh, they went 4-8. and eight. By the time you left, 11-3, and 7-1. And, uh, and the year after that unbeaten season, college football playoffs, uh, you saw him build a program. How do you think he's going to build Wisconsin's program? Yeah, I mean uh... – Luke, I owe a lot to Luke Fickle for sure. He came in after my second year at Cincinnati. Okay. And uh, so I went through kind of the same transition that a lot of the players at Wisconsin are going through right now. And I always tell people our first year with Luke Fickle, we went four and eight. Um, so you guys, Wisconsin's doing a lot better than we did that year. <laughs> Not that, you know, the players are the same caliber and stuff like that. Um, but there is a transition period. But Luke Fickle's a great, a great coach, a great person. Um, he's an unbelievable builder of culture. Um, of character you know it's not just you know what he puts on the field is what's he it's the men he's building in the locker room outside of football um, but he instills thing in, things in you that will last with you for a lifetime um, and me and a lot of my college teammates owe a lot to him as long as well as you know my uh, tight end coach Mike Denbrock owe a lot to them for my personal career um, but I love Luke Fickle and you know I know he's going to do great at Wisconsin uh, no matter how this season's going and it's, it's for the future. Bumpy, yeah, it's been disappointing. Obviously, the Northwestern Indiana things were, were really bad. But to me, it's kind of like he's just figuring out what he has and what he needs here in this first year uh, to get the culture turned in the direction he wants it to go. Yeah, I think that's what it takes. Obviously, when you take over a program, um, Wisconsin has a long history of, of storied football, um, something that Cincinnati didn't exactly have. So there was more of a turn of culture where Wisconsin kind of has, from my understanding, that, yeah. that culture already established. Um, so for him to build upon that, um, obviously, you know, getting some of, of a recruiting class in, stuff like that. I don't know this exact situation, but I just know Wisconsin's in the right hands from my Good. personal experience. Um, everything they're going through, I went through, through the exact same thing. Um, and he's building great men and, and putting great players out on that field, and it'll show eventually. Yeah, and it does take time, I mean, because so many of the guys weren't 
fickle guys. You have to give him a chance to bring in his guys and, as you mentioned, build that culture and style of Wisconsin football that it's going to be moving forward. Yeah, I would think so. And then again, losing Malusi and Blaine But a lot of times with story programs, we say we'll be patient, but we don't want to be That's patient. That's the thing. You know, the yeah. Badgers have been two Big Ten championship yeah. games. They've won the Big Ten West a lot. They're not just cracking into that college football playoff mm-hmm. pre-expansion conversation yet. Pre-expansion. But uh, we'll see how it does. But anyway, nice ringing endorsement from Luke Pickle. Josiah Aguar, our guest tonight. And again, so Josiah, I guess uh, the key to finding a little bit more consistency is it just as simple as the repetition starting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and doing this all over again and hope, you know, it turns into better results on a Sunday. Yeah, I think it is, man. We just got to put in the work as we continue to do. Um, we've gotten, we've seen the improvement on the field, obviously, not the outcomes that we have wanted. Um, but offensively, defensively, special teams, I truly believe, and a lot of the guys in that locker room believe that we have improved. Um, we're sticking together. We love each other in that locker room. That's the biggest thing. Um, we like to, to, we love to get out there each day and go to work for each other. So at the end of the day, that's all we can do. And, uh, you know, we just got to put everything that we go through throughout the week. We got to uh, pay attention to those details and make sure we execute on Sundays. Do you, speaking of paying attention, you pay attention to social media at all during the season? No. You, no? No. Okay. No. I, we, gotta, I delete my social media during the season. Yeah, and I think more and more players are doing that. We've heard that from a lot of guys on this show. Yeah. Whether that's the company line you're supposed to say or not, it's probably a good idea. We were just talking about Christian Watson's dad at the top of the show tweeting out a bunch of stuff, and I was like, hey, maybe Christian, talk to your dad and be like, you're not helping me here, man. You know, let's maybe chill out on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, I got, you know, a lot of different family members. I mean, I feel like everyone's family is very into social media. They want, you know, to see what people are tweeting out or posting about their kids. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a big deal. Obviously, you have a family member, you have a son in the NFL, um, a lot of proud parents, grandparents, stuff like that. So totally understand social media. And social media does great things for a lot of people. Uh, But just during the season, for me personally, Personally, it's kind of a distraction. Um, I found myself early in my career, you know, I would, if I had a bad game, I wouldn't look at it. But if I had a good game, I would, you know. But then it's like my my uh, attitude and then my emotions are kind of going up and down. Roller so coaster. now, I'm, yeah, it's just a roller coaster. So I'm trying to stay steady. Um, I'm a man big into my faith, and, and the Lord has kind of put me on that steady path and been able to keep me, you know, that constant. Um, person that strives to be better whether I had a good game bad game I'm always the same person I'm always going to go to work Um, so that's kind of my idea behind it and I and I know a lot of guys in the league and professional sports have the same idea I think Jesus would be on Facebook or X (laughs) I don't know man he might he might he might have some golden tweets or X or whatever it's called now (laughs) yeah but you would think that he would have the best ones yeah he has to I mean you would think he found a way to get the word out yeah for sure (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Imagine if X was at Jesus's disposal. Yeah. Okay. No but yeah, it's it's it really is a lot of noise. And today it's again railing on Barry for this odd-looking nickel formation on defense, where you got two guys down in the hand on the ground and two edge rushing what we all thought were outside linebackers trying to stop a big, bulky offensive line determined to run the ball, uh, and he's just getting vilified for it. And Lafleur said it's almost comical to him that uh, all of these so-called defensive alignment experts are, are looking at it that way as just two defensive linemen because in the nickel they deploy Preston and Gary as defensive ends. That's how they 
figure this. And, uh, and so he went at great length today to try and shut down all this uh, talk about uh, how it's all alignment related because it is not. Quite honestly, Gary and Smith got to be better edge closers and everything else involved with the, the run defense. There was all kinds of stuff going on, even on the Najee Harris touchdown run. Gary runs almost right into an occupied gap. No chance to close it before the hole opens and away he goes. So all this thing going on. But, again, uh, a lot of it, to my point, whew, social media just fans that to the nth degree. Oh, yeah. Everything's heightened big time. To the yeah. nth degree. So, so, Josiah, you were taken in the third round of the draft. What was that draft process like for you? Where were you on draft day? Who were you with? Kind of recap that whole situation for us. Yeah, so my draft was during COVID in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't have a big party. I wasn't able to have a big party or any, or anything like that. Yeah, we were um, Zooming everything then. Man. Yeah, everything was Zoom. Everything was online. And so I was able to have a small, intimate, everyone that I wanted to be there, you know, luckily was able to be there, grandparents, aunts, uncles, things like that. Um, but obviously a moment that I'll never forget, a moment, you know, a lot of hard work has come to fruition, um, not just me, but sacrifices from all my family. So super grateful for that moment, for the Packers for taking me taking me on that day, and, and I'll never forget that day with, you know, all my family and friends that were there. Yeah, we talked a couple of times about storied franchises. What was it like to have the Green Bay Packers call you and say, hey, we, we want you here? Yeah, it's a blessing, man. Obviously, I've, I've grown to learn a lot more about the Packers. Um, obviously, at the time, I knew they were a storied franchise and, and one of, if not the most storied franchise in the NFL. Um, so, obviously, been able to learn more and more and just incredibly blessed to be here, um, to, be able, to be able to go out into Lambeau each and every you know, home game um, and represent, put that G on our, on our helmet. Um, it's truly it's truly humbling and an honor to be able to do it. Um, so we just go out, and that's my kind of idea of going out there to work every single day. Obviously, um, it's for me to improve, but to honor you know the people that I've done in the past. Was there ever a conversation between you, family, or you and the friends when you were like, you know, I'm about to go catch passes from Aaron Rodgers? Like this is kind of crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, 100. percent And yeah. I think that's anybody. You know that I got mean, drafted. That's normal, yeah, right? Yeah, like anybody that got drafted by the Packers or got picked up by the Packers or was a part of the Packers, um, signed by them. While Aaron was here, it's like obviously you're going to remember playing with Aaron Rodgers for the rest of your life, and um, I will for sure. It was a, it was a, so cool to be able to play with him, to be able to have a relationship with him. You know, I call him a friend and be able to. Um, just pick his brain in certain moments and see the way he goes about his business. You really can tell, obviously, why he's you know one of the best quarterbacks of all time. So, uh, truly special to look back on. But obviously, love that we got Jordan now and, and so moving you, forward. You remember the uh, play call on the sixty-two yarder against the Lions? Uh, yeah, I remember the I see, remember the play see, call for sure. You'll never forget it. Yeah, never forget. You never forget those moments like that. No, of course you won't. Josiah DeGuar giving us a couple tonight here in Narrow Bridge. We're going to take another break. You know, he's the hottest playmaker on this team right now. Jade Reed, the second rounder. Team high five grabs for 84 yards in this score. Love looks it over. Three receivers spread out to the right side of the sun. Aaron Jones joins them. Empty shotgun. Here's the snap to Jordan Love. Good protection initially. Lofts it deep over the left side. Got a man out there. Leaping grab. Touchdown, Green Bay Packers. It is Jaden Reed, the rookie. My goodness. His fourth touchdown reception, 35 yards. It's Wayne on the call on the Packer Radio Network. Jaden in the offense starting to deliver a few more explosive plays. 
I speak about it all the time. You know, the more you can get comfortable in the in the offense and in the playbook, the more plays you can make, the more confident you can play. So uh, that's definitely where the big plays come from. And they're coming for him. Uh, really like this kid. Yeah, they hit on him. Yeah, He's I really, think, really good. Um, He's fun to watch. Yeah, well, I saw Jackson Smith and Jigba comparative stats and things like that, and this guy's right up there with all of the rookie receivers, quite yeah. honestly. Joe, what do you think of this kid? Yeah, Jay, Jay Reed's the man. Yeah, he, <laughs> he puts in the work, and uh, you see it come to fruition on the field. Um, great playmaker, obviously can make big plays for us, and someone we're going to have to rely on you know, for the rest of the season. I agree. Back, at, back to work. Here we go. Uh, Again, you kind of mentioned how blessed you feel to be just part of this community. You haven't been married for long. You just feel like you're settling in a little bit now. How long have you been married? I just got married in March. So, Woo! Yeah, so about six, seven months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Congrats. We're appreciate, on, appreciate it. We're on quite the streak on this show. They're all young guys getting, married, I know, getting but engaged, falling in love. John Runyon football. bringing his fiance. Yes. Josh Myers with his very serious girlfriend that I couldn't force a proposal out of last week. <laughs> and now you, a newlywed. Oh, this is fantastic. That's outstanding. Yeah. We're, around, we're all around that age. You yeah. know, we got we got weddings to go to in the off season. It's kind of what it, you know, mid-20s to early 30s. So what's married life been for you for the last several months yeah, it's been awesome. She, uh, my wife just moved out here in, in April. Uh, we did long distance for three years um, until she moved out here, you know, once we got married. So it's been awesome, you know, obviously coming home to someone every day, not living by herself, coming home <laughs> to a nice cooked meal every now and then is nice, you know. So, yeah, I love is she, it. Is she California? Is she Ohio? Where would you guys meet? California. California, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're from the same hometown. Right. Oh, nice. That's cute. That's nice. And Congrats. what's your hometown, Folsom? Yeah, Folsom, California. It's about uh, 40 minutes outside Sacramento. If you know the song Folsom Prison Blues by oh, Johnny Cash, yeah, yeah, that's uh, Folsom Prison is like five minutes from where I grew up. Oh. It's right there. All right. Wow. But it's very, you know, tucked back. It's not like I'm living next to a, okay. you know, life sentence You've penitentiary. You've uh, outside, obviously. Yes, All exactly. Right. Okay. And hopefully that's the only time you'll yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> so we always ask our guests to kind of give us their TripAdvisor reviews of their hometowns. So in Folsom... What do we need to see? What do we need to do? Where do we need to eat? Uh, where you need to eat is, uh, number one, well, I mean, in and out obviously. you got to go oh, to in and out okay. Yeah. That's the California thing. And get you gotta, an animal you gotta style. you got to check it out. Animal style. Animal double, style, folks. Double, double grilled onions. Yes. Animal style fries. <laughs> you got to do it. So that's number one. Uh, I love Northern California. It's, it's slept on by a lot of people. A lot of people love Southern California. Um, but I mean, there's a lake in my hometown. There's a river in my hometown. You could do all types of outdoor stuff. So I grew up on the lake, uh, skiing, wakeboarding, Fun. wake surfing, stuff like that. So that's the stuff I love to do. And if you're ever up there, you got to do it. Lake Tahoe is about an hour away too. So oh, beautiful. Yeah, you get you get a little bit of everything. I've never really ventured up northwest of the Bay Area. Just from you're in San Francisco and or Oakland or San Jose now for a weekend and things like that. But that's an area. I wanted to explore a long time. Yeah, you got to check it out, especially Lake Tahoe. I mean, Lake Tahoe, yeah. especially during the spring with that celebrity golf tournament and stuff, you you can't uh, you can't miss it. All right, let's get the swing in order, get this thing figured out, and get this thing turned around. Like you said, three and six is uncomfortable, but it's not unprecedented. If I'm not mistaken, it was three and six last year as you were in the midst of the London fog and found a way to come out of it. Finding a way out of this, Josiah, takes what? Wins. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, some, <laughs> it 
take some wins, man. We just got to put it together and and get the wins on board. For everything you pour into every single week, the prep, the work, the study, you know, on Sunday when it just doesn't happen, it just is tough. Tough for these guys, tough, tougher for you guys. They're the ones that are dealing with it uh, first and foremost. Let's hope it turns around. L.A. Chargers are coming next. Um, another challenge with a Bosa. Jeez. Uh, the rest of that bunch should be interesting. Like I said, they're going to come in hungry. Back home, then a short week with Detroit. Chiefs coming. Time to measure up. Some good clubs coming. Let's see what happens. Josiah, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. Thanks for visit. having me. Stay healthy and uh, get after it. Josiah DeGuara, ladies and gentlemen.